And so everything we talk about today, we're going to start with the kids, but everything we talked about today, the, the people involved are all here. They're all listening to the same message. They're all getting the same information. They're all looking down the line, you know, pointing fingers because they know child has messed up or parent has messed up. And so as we come this morning, obviously, um, I'm not perfect. Wow, that got really loud. I'll stop yelling. Is that why you turned it up? (laughs) I'm not perfect in this area by any stretch of the imagination. I think my wife, my children could... uh, could attest to that, that there's, there's still a lot of work that I need to do in this area of, of parenting. Um, but that's part of our journey, right? None of us is going to be perfect here on earth. But the question is, are we growing? Are we changing? Are we becoming more like Jesus Christ day after day in each of these roles, whether it be the husband and wife roles or whether it be the parent and child roles? So parents have been waiting for this passage ever since we started Ephesians. They've been just longing to get to chapter six so that it would be a little bit more relevant to all the little ones who are sitting in here. Because how many kids do we have in here this morning? If you're a child, if you're, if you're living at home under your parents' house, go ahead and, and stand up. Stand up. If you're a child here this morning, go ahead and stand up. All right. Good thing we're talking about obedience today, huh? <laughs> all right. You don't count. You're over 18. Sit down. <laughs> all right all right so we got lots of kids i know by by demographics we've got about half of us in here should be kids we got several big families all right and we're missing a couple so <laughs> there's a lot of kids in here right and every single one of you who are standing and some who aren't um this sermon is partially for you you know i know a lot of times you guys maybe kind of feel like the guys that are up here preaching, we're preaching more to the adults. Maybe we're not very interesting to you. You know, it's, it, what we're talking about may seem a little bit, you know, higher than, than maybe you can understand sometimes. So and, unless we're back there in the children's time, hopefully the children's time is a little bit easier to understand. But I want you guys to pay really, really close attention. All right? Because many of you are pretty young. And this morning... The sermon, part of the sermon is for you because Paul in the book of Ephesians in chapter six starts talking to children. In fact, the first word is children in chapter six. All right, you guys can sit down. So pay attention really closely because I, I may have some questions along the way. We'll see. Just depends how the, how the flow goes. All right, so let's look at our passage this morning. Ephesians chapter six, starting in verse one. We're gonna read only through verse four. So many of you probably even have this memorized. Um, it's, it's a very common passage, um, but we're just gonna read through it here. It says, children, see, I told you the first word. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And all the parents said, amen. amen. All right, <laughs> Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Kids, let me ask you a question. What does it mean to obey? Anybody know? What does it mean to obey? Yes, sir. 
To listen and follow directions, okay. That's a pretty good definition. Anybody else have a, have a something they want to add? Yes. Um, to respect and um, understand what your um, superior is saying and obey. And, uh, you can't use the word to define the word. Um, I can pick on him because he's my son. All right, to do what someone says, someone tells you to do, to uh, follow a command, right? Yes? To do what someone says, all right? Yeah, if somebody tells you to do something, obedience is doing what you are told. Guess what, kids? Your parents have to obey too. Did you know that? Yeah. Who, who would they have to obey? God. That's a good one, all right? God, yeah, absolutely. Who else? Their boss. Their boss, all right? We're losing the raising hands here. Here you go, all right. Their parents. Their parents, when they were kids, yeah, they had to obey their parents. But as adults, yeah, we, have, we all have authorities in our lives. Those of us who have jobs, we have bosses, unless we're in charge. I don't know. Do we have anybody? Dave, you own your own business. Uh, but you've been retired fairly recently. You had, you had to work for somebody, right? So we all have bosses. We, everyone has an authority in their life. An authority is someone who is over you, someone who is in charge of you, someone who can tell you what to do. All right, so everybody has an authority. And in the home, who is the authority in the home? The dad. What? The dad. The dad, right. Yes. The dad, but the parents both together, right? The cats. Yeah, the cats think they're in charge, exactly. That's, that's why we don't have cats. The Williamsons are starting to learn that, I think. Um, yeah, so the parents are the ones who are the authority in the home. And Paul is telling children, he's talking to the children way back in Ephesus. And he's telling those children in Ephesus that they need to obey their parents. All right, but you know what? The Bible wasn't just written to the children in Ephesus. It was written to us today too, right? It's relevant for us today. And so Paul is talking to you, every kid in here, Paul's talking to you this morning. He says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. So we know what obedience is. Obedience is doing what you've been told. Now, let me ask you a question, kids. Has, um, has your parents ever asked you to do something that you didn't want to do? Yes. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's pro all of you kids are really good kids, and you just obey all the time, right? Right away, no problems, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, seeing some, I'm not seeing a lot of uh, uh, a positive response to that question, uh, especially from parents. All right, so there's, there's times when people ask you to do something that you don't want to do. There, you know, maybe, maybe you're playing a video game or you're, or you're playing outside or uh, maybe you're eating. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's lots of different things you could be doing and you really want to be doing that thing. But mom and dad say, hey, go clean your room. Right. Or mom and dad say, hey, go take the trash out. Or go, you know, dust the, the curio cabinets. I don't know. There's lots of things that we ask you to do that you probably don't want to do. <laughs> go unload the dishwasher. Right. And your parents ask you to do something. But man, I'm doing something else right now. I'm having fun. I don't want to go do this. And the, and the question comes to you, are you going to obey or are you going to disobey? Now, 
How many of you have ever asked this question when your parents tell you to do something? Why? Why? How many of you have asked that question when your parents tell you to do something? Raise your hand. I know it. I, yep, yeah, uh-huh. All my kids should be raising their hand, that's for sure. All right, why? But why do I have to do that? And usually it's coupled with, I'm doing something else more fun. Why do I have to go do that, right? Why? And how many of you have ever heard a response like this? Because I said so, all right? Raise your hand, get your, get your parents in trouble, right? Because I said so, right? Or maybe they said, because I'm in charge or because I'm the parent, right? Or because yours is not to question why, yours is but to do and, yeah. I don't, hopefully the parents haven't said that. But. <laughs> you know, parents, they can get really pushy sometimes, can't they? Because I'm in charge. I'm the one that's in authority. Well, guess what? They're, they're pretty much right. They're pretty much right. That really is a biblical answer. And I want to show you that this morning as we look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Somebody quote Ephesians 6, 1 for me. We just said it. I know somebody's got it memorized. Who's got it memorized? Anybody? Okay. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. First thing I want you to see, Paul says, children, obey your parents. Is that Paul saying, hey guys, you know it would be really nice if maybe you would do what mom and dad says? Is that what Paul's saying? No. Paul's saying, children, obey your parents. And the rest of it, we'll get to in a minute. Children, obey your parents. Okay? This is not a suggestion. This is not a request. This is a command in Scripture. So it's a command from God. Did you ever think about that? When you're standing there, and mom says, go clean your room. And you're thinking, I really don't want to clean my room right now. And you're thinking, well, I don't want to obey, but I probably should obey. Does it ever come to your mind the fact that God has commanded you to obey your parents? Do you ever think of it that way? Or do you just think of it as, man, this is, this is a bummer because I got, I got to do what mom and dad say, otherwise they won't feed me, you know? I don't know if anybody has threatened that, I don't know. But, you know, is, is that why you obey your parents? Or do you obey your parents because God commands you to obey your parents? Somebody, somebody answer this. What is it when we don't do something that God commands? Anybody know what that's called? Yes. What? Sin. Right. Sin. Sin is anything that we don't do that God commands or anything that we do do that God says we shouldn't, right? Sin is breaking God's law. And part of God's law, if you go back to the Ten Commandments, commandment number five is children, obey your parents. That's one of the top Ten Commandments that we get in Exodus chapter 20. Those are the ones that were written on stone tablets. And one of those is children, obey your parents. This is a command from God. When you choose not to obey your parents, you're not just disappointing your parents. You're disappointing God. And that's something that we need to remember as children, that it's not just about your relationship with your parents when it, when it comes to obeying. It's about your relationship with God. 
Now, Paul commands him. He says, children, you must obey your parents. We're going to skip the next part, and we're going to go to the, to the third part of this phrase. It says, for this is what? For this is right. This is right. All right? Not only is it a command from God, but it is right. Obedience is the only right way to respond to your parents. It's the only right way to respond. If you don't obey, not only have you broken God's commandment, but you've done completely against everything that God requires of you. It's the only right way to respond. And you know what? It's not just someday obedience. When mom says to go clean your room, does mom mean to clean your room in 20 minutes? Or does she mean clean your room right now? Unless she said 20 minutes, she probably means right now. <laughs> right? Obedience, if it's not immediate, is not right. Can anybody think of somebody who did not obey right away in Scripture? Anybody think of somebody? Yes. Jonah. Were you reading my notes? No. Okay. Jonah, right? God told Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach and tell them that they've sinned against me. And Jonah said, uh-uh. <laughs> he said, those people are, those people are crazy. I'm going to get killed if I go there and try, to and try to tell them that they're in sin. He said, I'm going the opposite direction. He, tried to, he went down to Joppa and got a ship to try to go to Tarshish. And what happened? What? A storm, right? A big storm. And it was waves were crashing. And what was Jonah doing? Anybody remember? Sleeping. Sleeping in the bottom of the boat in this massive storm. And, uh, and they wake him up and they, say, and they say, hey, pray to your God. And Jonah's like, I don't want to pray to my God because I know I'm the one in trouble. And, uh, and he said, tell you what, everything will calm down if you throw me overboard. So they, they don't want to do that, but eventually they throw him overboard. And what happens? What? He gets eaten by a big fish. Exactly. And so Jonah is in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And eventually he comes around to God's way of thinking and says, okay, God, I repent. I, I will obey if you send me. Now, when Jonah was spit out on dry land and God came to him again and he said, go to Nineveh, did Jonah obey this time? Yes, he did. But was Jonah's obedience perfect obedience? No. It wasn't right obedience because it wasn't the first time. And you know, the same thing is true for you guys. If your parents have to ask you or threaten you <laughs> over and over and over again to do something that you've been told, is that obedience? Well, what if you, what if you do it eventually? Did you obey? Maybe the 14th time, but it's not the right obedience. And Paul says, this is a command from God. It is the only right response when your parents tell you to do something to obey. Now, there's another phrase in there. Anybody catch it? What does it say? Children, obey your parents. What? In the Lord. What in the world does that mean? Anybody know? Well, let me ask you this. Is it hard or easy to obey your parents? It depends on what they want me to do. 
right? <laughs> yeah, if they want me to go have some ice cream, I'm down with that, right? But if they want me to go clean my room, take out the trash, that's a little bit harder because that's not what I want to do, right? Same thing with Jonah. <laughs> Jonah, Jonah was happy to go sit there and wait for Nineveh to explode, but he didn't want to go risk his life when God told him to. So it's hard to obey your parents all the time. And Paul's writing in Ephesians, he's writing to children who are in Christian homes. Those of you who are in here today have parents who are believers. You're, you're growing up in Christian homes and you're hearing the word of God. You're coming to church. You're being taught the word of God, both in here uh, when you understand it and in the children's time. And so we, those of you in here who have believed in Jesus Christ as your savior, you have the ability to obey every time. Did you know that? Did you know that? You have the ability to obey every time. How? Anybody know? Does anybody know? What would give you the ability to obey? Yes. The Holy Spirit living in us. If you're here this morning, whether you're a kid or an adult, <laughs> and you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, you have the power to do what is right all the time. The question is, are we willing to submit to what the Holy Spirit wants us to do? Are we willing to obey the command that God wants us to do? We're going to get to uh, servants and slaves and masters eventually. <laughs> and that'll hit a little bit more home for the adults when we get there next week. But children... You have the ability, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the ability to do what is right. Does that mean you'll always do it? No. Do your mom and dad always do what's right? No. We all fail, but you have the ability to do that. You have the power in you to obey. You don't have to just do whatever you want. You can choose to do what is right. So Paul gave a command. He said, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. And then he gives another command. What was the second command? Anybody remember? I'm trying to give other people a chance. All right, go ahead. Honor thy father and thy mother. Honor your father and your mother. All right, let's read that. Let's read what that says. It says there in verse 2, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Let's talk about this word honor. It says, honor your father and mother. Now, kids, does this word honor mean every time your parents come to the room, you've got to drop to your knees? Oh, mom, you are so wonderful. Is that what it's talking about? Yeah, moms are saying, I'm okay with that, <laughs> right? No, that's, that's not what it's saying, right? It's not talking about being, being you know, crazy and, and lauding all this stuff on them. That's not, that's not what, they, what he means by the word honor, all right? The word honor here means to value or to put a high price on something, okay? What is something, kids, what's something that you value? What's something that you put a high price on? What's valuable to you? 
Your video games, okay? They're valuable to your parents too because I've seen how much they cost. All right? Yes. My drones. Your drone, all right? What else? What else is valuable to you guys? Yes. What? Glass. Glass? Yeah? It's, once you break it, it's done. All right? What else? Your baby sister? All right, stop that. I guess. What? Legos. Legos? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you guys there. Yeah, what? Did you get something that was valuable? Yeah, I, my sleeping, yeah, lost unicorns. Oh. Yeah, you like unicorns. I know that. All right. So value, things are valuable, right? You guys have things that are valuable. Adults have things that are valuable too. Usually they cost more. Um, and part of that is you, right? Claire's trying to trick me up, mess up my sermon. All right. The, but you guys have things that are valuable. Now, if it's valuable to you, are you going to take care of it? Are you going to treasure it? I know somebody said Legos. Those things are very valuable and treasured and fought over <laughs> in my house. All right. So I, I think you guys understand. It's not, it's not about bowing down to your parents and making this big show about how wonderful they are, but it's talking about how do you think about your parents? How do you treat your parents? Do you treat them as if they are valuable to you? Or are they, or are they just those mean people that make me do things like chores and homework and stuff like that? Is that how you view your parents? Or do you view your parents as what they are? And that is God's gift to you. Do you ever think about that? Your parents are God's gift to you to help you learn and grow. And we're gonna to talk to them in a minute and help them do that a little bit better, right? But, but they're God's gift to you. They are valuable. But you know what? A lot of people and a lot of adults today don't value their parents the way they should. They don't value the parents. They don't value the time that they spent, the things that they've done. And, and you know what? There's a lot of adults that don't have a good relationship with their parents because they don't value the gift that God has given them. Your, your parents are very special. They're given to you for a purpose, all right? And they're very valuable. So that word honor, it means to value or to put a high price on something, okay? So Paul is saying, children, not just obey, but honor your parents. Think highly of your parents. Honor your mother and father. And he says, this is a command, right? Again, Paul's not saying, hey guys, if you wanna be better than the kids in the row in front of you, you should honor your parents. That's not what he's saying, right? He's saying, this is a command. Honor your mother and father. It's not a choice. It's not a choice. It's not an option. It's not something you can decide, I'm gonna do that today. I'm not gonna do that tomorrow. No big deal. Honoring your mother and father, putting a high value on your relationship with your mother and father is a command. But it's an interesting command because there's something that comes with this command. What is it? Anybody catch that? He said, honor your father and mother this is the first commandment, what? With what? With a 
with a promise, right? Anybody know what that promise is? What's the promise? No? Yes. That it will go well with you. Let me ask you this, guys. How many of you like it when you don't have any problems with your parents? When everything's fine? <laughs> we got some adults raising their hands. <laughs> yeah. When, 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 there's no, when there's no arguing, when there's no door slamming, when there's no feet stomping, when there's no disappointed looks, do you enjoy a peaceful time with your parents? Absolutely, we all do. Do you know how to get that? By honoring them. By thinking of them the way God commands us to. He says that it will go well with you. You know, we talked earlier, everybody has authorities in their life. If you learn at a young age, if you learn how to honor and respect and obey the authorities that God has placed in your home, you will know how to obey and honor and respect the authorities in your life as you get older. And you know what? If you're the type of person who obeys and honors and respects the authorities in your life, your life's going to be a whole lot easier than people who don't know that. There are a lot of adults today that don't understand what it looks like to just obey and honor authority. And you know what? Their life is hard. And their life is full of struggle. And their life is full of pain and heartache. And it's not just because of that. There's probably other, other sins that are going on in their life as well. But part of it is because they never learn how to relate to authority. And that starts in the home. Kids, that starts when you're this young, learning to obey and honor and respect your parents. It will be well with you, not only in the home, but as you grow and as you get older and as you go out into the world. Now, there's a second part, that it will be well with you and that you will live long in the land. Now, we're kind of moving a little bit closer to the adults. So, you know, kids, you're young. You don't care about living forever. You already think you're going to live forever, right? You know, you don't worry about dying. But, uh, but there's, there's a lot of things, you know, we look at these words in scriptures and, and sometimes you have to think through it and, and, and dig into it a little bit further. Is this a promise? Is, is this saying that, if you honor your mother and father, you're going to have a long life? That's what it sounds like. But what about those good people who had great relationships with their parents and they died before they were 21? You know, how, how, do, we, how do we take something like this promise of God that sounds like this and what we see in reality and put them together? I think part of it is we need to understand what it's talking about, Right? They're quoting from Exodus chapter 20 and from Deuteronomy as well. And they're talking to the original writing of this that Paul is quoting is talking to the nation of Israel when they were getting ready to go into the land of Canaan. And, they, and he's saying, children, obey your parents. And part of the promise was not that they would have individual long lives, but the promise actually extended further. It says that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God will give to you. See, going to the land of Canaan is a sign of God's blessing on the people of Israel. 
And in, in, the, in Ephesians, it doesn't go that far. It doesn't say in the land that God gives you. It doesn't add that part. He's giving us an, an idea. He's helping us understand that if we learn to obey and honor our parents, we will have a blessed life. Does that mean that we won't have any hardship? No. Does that mean we won't go through, go through trials? No. But we'll have a blessed life. And I think a lot of that has to do with our relationships. Because what are we talking about in this passage? We're talking about relationships, right? Let's not lose the context of what we're, of what we're studying. We're talking about relationships between a husband and a wife before that relationships within the church. We're talking about relationships between children and parents. And, God's, and Paul says, if you want to have a blessed life, if you want to have a full life, obey and honor your parents. Now, fathers, fathers. Most people will say, you know, this word fathers really is, is intended for, for both parents. You know, it's, and, and I'm, I'm good with that. I'm fine with that uh, understanding. But ultimately, who's going to stand before God for our family? Fathers. Who's responsible for the way that our children are raised? Fathers. I know quite a few of us have the, have the privilege of our wives being able to stay at home uh, due to our, our uh, work opportunity. And it's easy for us especially to just kind of offload a lot of that responsibility onto our wives. And yes, there is, there is truth in Scripture about how a woman is to take care of her home and, and is to interact with her children. I'm not belittling that. But men, it's our responsibility to make sure that we are teaching and training our children in the ways of the Lord. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. I have to go back because I have memorized in a different version, <laughs> different translation. Um, these are two different commands but yet they're complementary commands. These commands relate to one another. And we need to understand that so we can understand what's being said, especially by the first one. Um, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. All right, show of hands, Dad. How many of you have ever done something that made your kid mad? All right, every hand up. I know, come on, there we go. All right, everybody's done something that made your child mad. All right? Is that what he's talking about? What in the world is he talking about? If it's not that, you know, because let's be honest, kids can get mad over the craziest things, like Legos, right? I mean, they can just flat out get angry over, dumb, of course, adults, we can get angry over dumb things too, right? <laughs> but children, you know, they they're, they're tend to get angrier faster you know, and especially guys, I don't know what it is about dads, but we just like to egg it on, don't we? You know, we just like, we find that little thing that frustrates or annoys them, and we just kind of keep, we just keep digging at it, right? And it, it's all in good fun. It's all in good humor. We're just, we're just having a good time, right? 
But is that what he's talking about? Now, I think, I think that we need to look at that and decide if we're being, um, if we're taking things too far. I don't think there's anything wrong with having fun with your kids and, you know, poking and prodding a little bit, um, even verbally. Tickling especially is certainly on, you know, in, okay in my book. Um, but what is he talking about? He says, don't provoke your children to anger. I think in order to understand what he means by that, you have to take into account what he says next. Instead of provoking your children to anger, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. See, there's two opposite types of parenting techniques that Paul is talking about here. And, and I, want, I want to use the first, two, the first two parts of those. The first one is, um, on this side, we have provoking, all right? And on this side, we have bring them up, all right? Provoking, what does that bring to mind when you, when you hear the word provoke? Teasing, okay. I think of a cattle prod, you know, just sticking, I said so instead of giving them some why, some reason behind it, mm-hmm. see that as provoking. Mm-hmm. I view, uh, I'll, I'll use the word, um, what, what word did I use? <laughs> uh, reactionary. It's quick, it's short, there's not a lot to it. When you provoke something, it's usually, it's usually something that's fast, it's, it's, it's a, like a jab, right? It's like, it's like that cattle prod. You're just trying to, you're just trying to get what you, need, what you want to happen now, right? You're just provoking. You're just trying to get them to, get them to do what you want them to do right now. There's not really necessarily a, a plan. There may not be a, a, this real idea of where you're going necessarily. You're just trying to, you're just trying to get them to clean their room for the 18th time. You know, you're, you're just trying to get them to get their shoes out of the doorway. You know, you're just trying, you're just trying to have good kids. Right? That's provoking. It's reactionary. There's no, there's no plan. When you look at the words, bring them up, it has the idea of something that has intentionality. There's a plan. There's a goal. There's a process. There's something that you want to accomplish. And you're going to bring them along to help that happen. So you have provoking, which is more reactionary. That's the type of parenting when your kids do something wrong, it's just, and it's over, and nothing ever gets learned, right? And over here, it's, you know, kind of like Andy was saying, bring them up is, you know, it might start with some frustration, (laughs) but it's then taking them aside and saying, look, this is why you need to do this. This is why I want you to make your bed every day. This is why you're not allowed to pull your sister's hair. You know, this is why we're doing these things because you need to understand what that looks like and we'll get to that a little bit further in a minute. When we are inconsistent as parents, 
when we're not parenting with a plan, with a goal in mind, we will create frustrated children. We will create frustrated children. And, and I don't say that because I've got all of this perfect. I've got experience. When we parent as reactions to what we don't like or to what annoys us in a reactionary way, <clears throat> that is provoking our children to frustration, to anger. Because they don't ever get a real understanding of what we're supposed to be teaching them. All they get is, well, mom's not happy today. Dad needs his coffee. You know? Oh, I, you know, maybe, maybe, they, don't, maybe they don't even like me. All I ever do is wrong. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to be the first person to say I'm not into the whole self-esteem movement and things like that. We're all sinners. We're all failing creatures. We all deserve hell. But is that the type of parent that God wants us to be? Does God want our children to grow up in a home where nothing they do is right? And the only goal is to keep mom and dad from being angry. That's provoking your children to anger. That's training children who, when they leave the house, don't want anything to do with you. That's training children who, when they leave the house, they, they, don't, they don't call, they don't write. If something bad happens, they don't even, they don't even let you know because they just, they're just glad to be gone. And how sad for that to be the result of a Christian home. Of people who claim to be followers of Christ. And it comes down to how we parent. Do they have their choices and decisions to make? Absolutely. But are we helping or hurting by the way we're parenting? Provoking your children to anger. Are you training them up intentionally? That's what this is. He says, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up. Have intentionality, have a purpose, have a goal. Raise them to something, bring them up. How? In the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What does that sound like to you? We've been throwing this word around a lot over the last couple of years. To me, it sounds a lot like discipleship. Because again, what's Paul talking about? Paul's not looking for us to create good kids. He's not looking for us to create model citizens. He's looking for us to make disciples of Christ. That is our goal in our home. Are we accomplishing it? Are we training and teaching the children in our home in a way that's loving, not, not getting rid of consequences, but a way that is kind and loving and discipling and helping them learn not just what makes mom and dad sad or mad, but what makes God mad. What makes God angry? 
Do they understand when they do wrong that it's not just something that's frustrating mom, it's something that's hurt the heart of God? Is that how we parent? Because that's parenting with intentionality. That's parenting with a goal to one day at some, excuse me, at some point in their life where they come to a full understanding of who Jesus Christ is and who they are in, as sinners that they will understand and they will accept Christ. And then as they continue in that home and under that, that teaching and that learning, they grow in their understanding of Christ and they become more like Christ so that when they leave, they are Trees planted by the rivers of water who are bearing fruit, who are going out into the world and making a difference. We're not raising good kids. We're raising disciples of Christ. Is that how we think of it? It's hard though when you're in the trenches, isn't it? when they've done the same thing 400 times today, it's hard to make disciples of Christ. But that's our job. That's our purpose. You know, we have a lot of young kids in here. We have several, especially recently, who have made profession of faith. Um, is that the type of home that we're building? Are we building a home to where children, when they understand, and that could be at any age, we've got, we've got some in here as, as little as five, you know? Um, many, many who are young understand the very simple, clear message of salvation. They understand that they're sinners. They understand that without, without any help, there's nothing they can do to save themselves from the wrath to come. The judgment, there's punishment for sin. That's one of the reasons why we punish, right? We don't just punish because we're angry. We punish to help them understand that there are consequences to sin. And they understand that. And they understand that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is God, and that He came to earth, lived a perfect, sinless life, and because of that, He could die on the cross and pay for our sins. And it's not something that any of us earned or deserve, but it's something that He did as a free gift of love, and they understand that. And they can put their faith in Christ, even at an early age. In fact, I think of Matthew chapter 18. Usually when you say Matthew 18, what do you think of? What? Church discipline, right? Well, there's something a little bit before that. Turn over to Matthew 18 real fast. Verse 1 says, And at that, sorry, at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you, are, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, 
It would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter into life with one eye than two eyes to be thrown into the hell fire. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. He's talking about those children. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that, the heaven, that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the ninety-nine that ever went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Do you think God is concerned about the souls of your children? Are we building homes that are introducing them to the gospel at a young age? Is that the type of home that we're building? And when they do, you know, when they do trust Christ at a young age, how many of you, uh, I'll let you talk about this in discussion time. I don't want to take up more time. There are many of us, and I'm one of them, who made a profession of faith early on and then later doubted, didn't remember, didn't understand maybe what I, what I did, what I said, and so I got saved later. And there are many factors that are probably go into that, but as I look back, I can't help but wonder if my parents, and this is not an indictment on my parents, they did the best that they knew at the time, if my parents had understood how to disciple me as a five, six-year-old young man, would I have ever had that problem? If I, under, if I understood and, been, and had been discipled from the time I was five till now, where would I be in my spiritual walk? Are we building homes, parents, fathers, are we building homes that are gospel-centered, that are discipleship-focused? Or are we just reacting to the problems that we see and hoping for good kids? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? Because it's right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Are you instructing your children in the Lord? Are you disciplining them in a way that helps them understand their relationship with God? If not, we need to do business this morning. Those of you who are here that maybe don't have kids at home. Maybe you have kids that have already grown up. <laughs> Maybe you don't have children at all. This is for you too. We have a church covenant, and part of that covenant says that we are to hold one another accountable for the things that God has commanded us to do. We make a promise that we will be faithful husbands and wives, faithful fathers and mothers 
faithful children. And part of your relationship in this church, if you don't have children, is to help hold us accountable. Who do? You need to be watching us. Not just so you can see good kids, but so you can speak into our lives as parents. So you can speak into their lives as children and help all of us grow in this relationship of the parent and child. Children obeying and honoring parents and fathers and mothers. Bringing our children up in an environment that is based on the gospel, that is built on discipleship. Father, we thank you that we don't have to do this alone. You've given us the Holy Spirit that dwells within us if we've trusted Christ as our Savior. We have the power, just like the kids who have been saved have the power to obey, we have the power as parents to train our children right. Yet so often we don't. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take advantage of those who have been through it for counsel, for wisdom, for uh, just help. Help us to bear one another's burdens as we go through these relationship struggles as children, obeying and honoring parents as parents, bringing our children up in a, in a godly home. That's our goal, Lord. It's not to, it's not to create kids that that are just good, that conform to standards, to create kids that are like Christ. And I pray that would be true of our families here in this church, not because we're any better or special from any other church, Lord, but because this is where you brought each of us. And I pray that we would be the body of Christ to one another in this area, whether it be in our marriages, whether it be in our family relations, in other areas that we relate to each other, the ways that we relate to the world help us to be iron sharpening iron, help us to learn and grow and become more like Christ. Those all the way down to very small child, to those who are perhaps knocking on death's door. Help us to be changed, to be more like you even today. And we'll praise you for it because you're the only one who can do it. You're the only one who can change us. Help us to be changed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.